0: Hello everybody, this is John M87 and you're listening to the Dynasty Hot Seat.
1: Yes, hello everybody and welcome back once again to the Dynasty Hot Seat, the only Dynasty show out there that is a certified inferno and today we've got again, we thought last time we put out an episode it was so good, we had one of the Debbie guys from the Fantasy Wildcard team, we just thought you know what, why not do two in a row and you know rumour has it we've got the best one of the three on the show right now, I don't know, that's, that's what I've been told Jordan, I don't know, is that is that true? Definitely not, but I'll,
0: t- I'll take the compliment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely great to have you on the show, mate. Obviously, we- we've done some-, some podcasts and some things together before, but this is your first time on the hot seat. So, a very warm welcome to you. How are you doing, mate?
0: No, thank you for having me on. Yeah, we've been trying to do it through the college season, didn't we, and stuff. I was just like trying to find a way to do it, but like now we're in the off season. Yeah, um, looking forward to it and appreciate you having me on. Yeah.
1: It's been absolutely great chatting to you guys. This obviously the full wildcard Debbie team, you guys have got a sort of a different insight to these players compared to you know your, your standard dynasty players because you've been watching these guys grow and play throughout college football, not just in the last year, but but since they really came on the scene. So I always like chatting to you guys. It gives a different insight about the full players' path and the full players' career. So I'm looking forward to to diving into the mock draft just in a little bit with you. But before we do that. Thank you so much for everybody watching. If you have not already, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up and that subscribe button. Hey, it's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you a thing. So, so why not go for it? George, before we, before we jump in then to the mock draft, are there any trends or anything you notice about this 2024 rookie class in general? Like, is there any themes that are sticking out to you for for these couple players?
0: I feel um, like obviously during I was talking to Phil obviously we're talking to you off air about this and stuff I think Phil did Phil come on in was it like November time and stuff and and, yeah. all, and a lot yeah. has changed since then. a lot has changed obviously you get a lot more people staying back in college now you know it's yeah. not like most people try and do the three years and and um, try and come out if they've been productive but there's a few more staying for the fourth season now so obviously a lot more players have gone back but for, for the talent that's there as it stands at the moment it's very wide receiver heavy and it's some good wide receivers there you know running backs are probably not as high as they have been in the last few years but there's still some like could be some hidden gems later on but obviously the quarterbacks at the top but wide receivers is you can go down to the second and third round and possibly pick up two or three good ones you know you know you know when it comes to the season
1: do you think this is maybe going to be part of a trend where it's going to be increasingly hard for dynasty players to predict what a class is going to be like obviously a few years ago we had the the 23 classes coming and everyone was trying to get all these 2023 picks loaded up because we knew all of these players that we coming out we knew Bijan was coming we knew all these guys were coming do you think now it's going to be trickier because of all this NAL money and on, on the ease of transfer do you think it's going to be maybe a trickier thing to predict what players will definitely be coming out of each class because a lot of them are choosing to go back
0: yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. Obviously, with um, name, image, image and likeness over in college now. You know, some people are staying back for that little bit of extra money, which, like, obviously, it sounds crazy, when it, where the money that you can get in the NFL, but if you believe you might be a second-round pick, you know, borderline, like, maybe going in a second-round pick, you might stay, you know, people in your ear saying, no, oh, just stay back, you can pick up. If you look on, like, X, you see some of the money, like, people are making like Arch Manning who is going into his second year this year he's, he's, he's like around about three million he's making a year in college now and he hasn't yeah. even stepped like foot properly on on a, on a college so like obviously you didn't win Arch Manning obviously committed like I said going into his second year this year you expected him in his third year to be coming to the into the NFL it looks like he's likely not going to play this year as well so it might not yeah. be the fourth season until we see him that's Arch Manning, a five-star, number one recruit, which is which is crazy. Like and obviously, it's not always the case, but it just seems to be more more percentage-wise than it used to be.
1: Yeah, even with someone like like the Travion Henderson one, really shocked me. And then Quinson Jenkins also moving to Ohio State. That that just for me really showed me. It's like oh, money really is talking now in the college sport, right? Because that wouldn't have happened without the money, right?
0: No, I, I think it's like even with like an injury going in, like say after your three years, you can like obviously enter the NFL mm. draft. And um, even with an an injury, like you'd still probably be tempted just to get out there. But like now it seems like a safer option with like an injury, you're back because I don't know how much, obviously I'm not an expert in scouting when it comes to NFL yeah. t- as an NFL teams and stuff, but you, it does seem like even with an injury and staying back for an extra year, doesn't hurt. Can Well, yeah. Dep- dependent, but it might not hurt. You look at Chris Alavi, it's, it, it worked out well for him, and I'm sure it's going to work out for a lot more players going forward as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we might not have Henderson or, or his teammate Ibuka to to pick from this draft, but we still have plenty of really, really good players to work from. And, George, good news for you is you're going to pick every single player here. So <laughs> there's no worries about getting sniped by anybody here, which is absolutely fantastic. We're going to start off with the 1-1. This is the Superflex non-tight end premium league. You're on the one-one, George. Who's coming off the board and
0: why? Uh, I think it's well. Obviously, it's some people are different stuff, but I think the perci- highest percentage-wise, everyone seems to be going this guy. I think the guy I'll go at number two is like a, seems to be a surefire thing, you know. And obviously, normally, normally would think oh, surefire thing, high talent. You'd think going yeah. number one, but the um the ceiling for this guy which is quarterback caleb williams is is so high i've been <laughs> obviously i think most people who, who follow college football have seen him progress over the three years and yeah you can see what like i mentioned this seen. you can see how high his ceiling is and what he can achieve you know as um off script you know like guy, you know we can like we can see what i can do in the pocket but out of the pocket it can be he's a bit of a magician really and you know the, the talent there you know with his arm and and yeah, it's just, it can be anything, you know, like that's how high it is. And I just, I can't not pick upside like that at 101, you know, yeah. despite how good number one at the 102 is.
1: Yeah, he's in. I'm interested in all of this. I think it's just noise. I'm not really sure how much foot has actually come for Caleb Williams. But what do you make about this reading? Like, Caleb will not set foot in Chicago. He's not interested in going to the Bears. All of this kind of talk, like, does that is that just smoke and mirrors from people who are looking for a story, or do you think there's anything to that?
0: It's so hard to like to know what what is real and what is not. Like obviously, um, we've we've seen it in the past with um, people like Eli Manning, where it yeah. has happened before. Obviously, it's a big gap in time from 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 then to now, so it's very rare. But I remember Kevin Fibido like um, going off of fantasy a little bit. Well, apart from if there's some IDP guys out there, but Kevin Fibido when he came out, it was like meant to be a consensus definitely a top three pick, and there was like stuff going around that it wasn't. He yeah. wasn't really bothered about football, you know. He's like he's more interested in just picking up a bit of money, like making his own like way in life, as in like a business thing. And he's he's done he's done pretty well so far with yeah. the Giants and stuff and everything. So it's one of them where I'm not saying that that everything's not true. You just got to be careful. Like I've never I've never seen Caleb Williams or anyone properly close to him come out, and also even like when it's. Been, not normally fathers and stuff, not mums and mums and dads, yeah. but saying stuff and everything, it's not always true. So Caleb Williams is staying quiet, which is the best the best thing for me, you know, if, if he came out and it was like denying stuff and everything, then you'd be like, I don't I don't know, you'd be still question it, but Caleb Williams is quiet, which is that's that's good for me to say that it's 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 not true. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. So we we've got Caleb blocked in you're talking about the pick number two is more of like a safer kind of bet. Is that is that Marvin Harrison Jr. for you then, pick number two?
0: Yeah, I think it. Um, it has to be um, just just because. I, well, we'll talk about the other guys after, but yeah, he just he is a bona fide guy, oh. and it yeah, just obviously, <laughs> I've got my eyes on another wide receiver in here. But even how much I love a Homer pick and stuff, this guy's still <laughs> still so so much better and stuff. And so it's, it's like. What can't he do, you know, he's um. If, if you've watched him in college, he's just so fun to watch. He's um. He gets open for fun. Ohio yeah, State have got so many good wide receivers and they always have done. Yeah. And Marvin Harrison has just, even when the likes of Chris Alavi was there and um, uh, Gareth Wilson and stuff and everything, he's just um, yeah. still stepped up, you know, in, in them years and showed, shown what he's done. You know, he's just... I think everyone that's talked about him in the past, especially on your podcast have said enough about him to, for me not to to go on about how good he is. I think everyone knows now
1: <laughs> well yeah, I've started asking people now so I asked Jack where well, episode just came out just a few hours ago. you probably haven't quite caught it. I asked Jack and he's obviously Ohio State I was like is there is there anything like is there any weakness there at all is there anything anyone could take and run with and say aha but but this. And he obviously said no, because he's a massive homer. But also, also quite hard to find flaws in Marvin Harrison. Can you, you know, as a Washington fan, can you find anything to pick a hole in Marvin Harrison's game with?
0: Uh, I, I wish I could. wish I could, Max. <laughs> but, uh, the only thing I will say is, um, d- d- despite how good he was, and how good he has been for State, I still think my guy probably deserved the Blitnikoff um, Award for the best wide receiver in college but that's not a knock on how good Matt Harrison is at the same time. You know, it's over the free, over the years that they've, they've been in college, the, you know, these wide receivers that are coming out, he's the clear number one wide receiver by far. And he's, yeah, he's just, there's it's nothing I can really say to make it to say there's a negative on him. You know, he's just wherever he's going to land could be on the worst roster in the NFL. He's, he's still going to be a, a guy that you want to pick up one or two or one oh one if if you prefer.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Right. 'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to your guy later but i'm uh, i'm actually right i'll i'm, I'm right there with you with it. I'll, I'll talk you through why whenever we whenever we get to him i don't know if we're going to get to him as soon as 103 though are we are we george
0: no as, like i say as much as like <laughs> i like to push my guys and have my um blinkers on when it comes to washington players um mm-hmm. i think the next guy is um is going back to quarterback and it's someone that i had nowhere near the first round uh, probably even like four or five months ago you know like I, yeah. I liked him and stuff and everything but like I was still with the years before because he's been in college mm-hmm. a long time which is Jaden Daniels <laughs> yeah. from LSU he's been in college for, for a long time obviously I was a massive Pac-12 guy I saw him at Arizona State and if he wasn't on my radar as being a good quarterback at the next level but since going to LSU obviously he's, he's had wide receivers there you know like yeah. Naples and um, Brian Thomas but yeah, since going there, he's just improved, improved in the two years he's been there and his ceiling is uh, in fantasy is uh, really high. You know, he's you know the no one in this class I can see rushes like he can, you know, the talent he's got. And we're talking about this with the Devi guys yesterday um, off air and the weight that he's put on. And he doesn't like it, to me, in my opinion, doesn't even look like he's put that much weight on. He still looks yeah. like a similar guy to what he was at Arizona State, but he obviously he has. And, I've seen him get hit a few times, especially this year, some big hits, yeah. and he's taken them well. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. but yeah, the the rushing upside is great. It's a little bit to work on passing wise. You know, he's he's got a good arm. You know, he's, he's he can make good throws, but sometimes, like as soon as he's pushed out out of the pocket, he seems to he seems to do well. But he just seems to be quite eager to 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 move out of that pocket quickly as soon as there's like like yeah. a hint of a bit of pressure. But stuff like that. You'd hope that he could work on at the next level, and um, if it all comes together, he's got quite a high ceiling too. Despite having five years in college, you know, it's it's um, someone that, like I was, like I said, I wouldn't have this high few months back. But yeah, he's, he's um just just it's that ceiling. Like obviously, the floor is if it, it can it can be a flop. But this is where we play fantasy for, for for risks like this. You know, when it comes to rookies, you know, because if it does hit, it's, it's going to be brilliant for your fantasy team.
1: Yeah, absolutely agree. He's, he's got such a high ceiling. What would you say? What would you say is the thing that you've noticed Gene Daniels has improved on the most since his time at LSU? He's
0: um, definitely like his passing, but he's just his um, his accuracy and his like consistency with, with his passing. You know in the pocket if he's got time he's, he's a good pass it's just the only knock well there's maybe a few but the big knock on him is like as soon as he, he feels a bit of pressure he wants to to get out unlike Caleb Williams who's who, who stays in the pocket for as long as he can you know even when there's like an edge rusher or mm-hmm. defensive tackle breathing down his neck and then he will move away from the pressure to try and stay in the pocket at times you know like to to make a throw Jane Daniels obviously like moves straight out of it but but as a passer if you went back and looked at his arizona state days it was so inconsistent you know over and things like that but accuracy your really improved at lsu and people will say that obviously the two wide receivers has helped him but you know he, his accuracy has if you look, like i say just go back and watch from his arizona state and you'll just see how far he's come as as, as a quarterback
1: yeah he certainly got huge upside i love taking him at one or three interesting enough the Only two people to take him at 103 you and Jack both <laughs> taking him at 103. Quite interesting, right? sensible right. So, man, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, who's uh, who's coming off the board next to you then uh, at 1 4? Are you staying at quarterback or are you going back to receiver?
0: Uh, staying at quarterback, and it's it's a guy that's probably flipped over the last um few months of like watching, like, like I said, I've obviously seen quite a bit of him in, in college, but sometimes you don't when you're watching the game, you're not always watching the same player so you go back and watch a little bit more of them and so these two are flipped around now for me um that's drake may at the yeah. 104 still what? a very talented player and um obviously I mentioned so many times i think every time i listen to a podcast they mention drake may of the as the you know the size that you want at the next level you know that typical yeah. size that as a quarterback and he's um a big strong lad but also, like you look at his physique, and you, he, you, he, when you see him run, he, he actually is a really good runner with the ball yeah. and, and stuff. You know, it's it's a surprise when you first see him. You know, like making runs like that when I first saw it, like this this kid can move <laughs> for his size. And um, yeah, he's um, his arm talent's good. There's there's a few issues um, that again, similar to Jane Daniels, that you'd hope at the next level, getting to it with the coaches there can improve on. You know, he's um, he's a bit inconsistent with his throws. He, he, it, it's strange because like, obviously he's got a decent arm. I feel drink may, but sometimes he's, his touch is, is, is a bit often like his yeah. um, the accuracy of it's He's just under throw. Sometimes he's just not getting that, that timing right. I don't know if it's his mechanics, maybe and stuff, you know, like, there's better people out there when it comes to, to looking at that stuff than me, but you know, like things like that. But as a whole, as a prospect, he, he does excite me. And, um, I remember like in college, like Against some of the tougher defenses, struggled. You know, people like um yeah. NC State and, and um, Clemson, he, he struggled against at the back end of the season. But he's he's done it with he's he's done really well with a bad offensive line. You know, like yeah. and um some half decent wide receivers. Look, you look at the wide receivers that Drake May had compared to uh, Jaden Daniels, and there's a, a massive yeah. uh, difference and stuff. And he still managed to put up good numbers. So. Like I said, the upside is there for him, and despite him dropping below Jaden Daniels, and I just think that there's not much in it for me personally and stuff. Like Jaden Daniels as a rusher is probably like, well, definitely more exciting and more more uh, possible to you know be put more points for your fantasy teams than Drake May, and I think that's maybe the only difference for me. I think they're both quite close, and I, w- I wouldn't if if people had Drake May at 103, I wouldn't I wouldn't like begrudge it.
1: Yeah, it's the kind of thing that would be if you have a couple of you're in a couple of different drafts, you might want to consider taking Daniels and some, and, and taking Drake May and others. I think it would be foolish to put all your eggs in one basket for for one of these two players because they're both they're both yeah have have some question marks. Daniels certainly the bigger upside guy, but but Drake May if he if he kind of rounds things out could could be a player in the NFL for for a very long time. He's got all of the he ticks a lot of the boxes for that. So. He's locked in at one four. Where are you going next then at at one five, George?
0: I think this is where it, when when you, when your viewers start watching, they'll definitely be screaming at the screen, Homer Homer pick. But <laughs> most people do go the other guy here. But I'm picking my guy, Roma Roma Dunze here, Ooh. and. Um, with the other guy, um, that will uh, will be my next pick. <laughs> I haven't I haven't. I know a lot of people have the other guy a, a bit further away than this guy, but I've had him quite quite close. To be honest with you, obviously I've I've put my guy in front just because he's he's he is my guy. I've got to put him. There. <laughs> I've got to put him higher up. You know, it's um it's it's got to be done. But yeah, Roma Doomsay is just an incredible athlete, and I just. great that i get to come and and talk like obviously as a Devi guy i'm I'm talking about the Devi prospects coming out so i don't get to really talk about the rookies much so what's great about me getting to talk about what we're doing is i see a lot of people knocking the two years like it's been in in college four years i get i see a lot of people knocking his first two years in um in college you know and i'm not going to sit here and and Dismiss analytics. I think they're fantastic. I I have no time to do them. I, I look, I read other people's and and take them in because they are interesting yeah. and they can help you. In fantasy, I'm more of a a, a, a watcher of, of tape. But if you are going to do analytics, you need to like have the full picture, in my opinion. And if you look at Roma Doomsday's two seasons that you it, with analytics, you could easily put a knock on them, which is is fair. But if, if you got to look at the bigger picture and like as as someone who actually watches college football, you know, it's it's can it can it can paint the bigger picture and and Roma Dunze in his first year obviously 2020 was COVID, I think. Yeah. And the Huskies played five, six games and they weren't even all in a row. They I think they had like two games in like they didn't start the season until October had two games, then they had like three or four postponed, then they had two games, one postponed. It was just a mess. So yeah it was and then in the second season, obviously as a Washington fan, they had it was just a horrendous 2021 season. They had Jimmy Lake, who was the defensive coordinator, who was going to Washington. The Commanders has, um, I think, I think he's at the DC there this, this year. Um, he yeah. was a DC and a fantastic DC, to be fair. Um, he took the head coaching job. He just, it was just too big for him. Um, the yeah. quarterback play was horrendous. You know, the, offence, the defensive coordinator was, it was the plays with calls were horrendous. It's just, it was just a mess. And they still managed to put up, um, decent numbers and all like not not the best numbers, but still decent numbers come to say how messy it was. But then when it all came together with like good offensive minds and things like that, you know, you saw what he did in the in the two scenes after. So I think that's why I I just feel it's got to you've got to have the full picture and stuff because it's yeah. easy just to say that, you know, and look can go, oh, I know there's a lot of Devi guys out there that want production, a big production. I think it's there's a mark. I think um the, the guys over Campus to Canton like um do a wide receiver a one, uh, wide receiver year one metric, which I think they want you to hit over 180, 190 yards in, in the first thing. I might be a bit off with it, but it's, it's, it's a good metric yeah. to have and it's worked quite well. And Roma Dunze, I think he just falls under it. But obviously, with the COVID year and stuff, it's, it's yeah, it's probably well, talked enough about defending Roma in these two years. But yeah, he's, we've seen what he can do on tape. He's. Um, he's uh he's an animal he's he's a lot faster than people give him credit for and he he is i wouldn't say he's the greatest route runner in the class there's quite a few route runners that are better than him But when it comes to the red zone he just comes alive as as a route runner and stuff which it's going to be a massive at the next level you know for especially for fantasy
1: yeah, that was one of the things I was saying about Roma Dunze. Is some people sort of knocked on how much how much separation he makes. And I said, it's really odd. He actually is best at getting separation in the red zone almost, where it should be really difficult to get that that separation. That's where he seems to shine. So I've got no real concerns about Roma Dunze translating to the NFL. I think he's got a multitude of skills that he's going to be able to use. I hope that he goes somewhere where he like isn't necessarily like the number one guy. I would love to see him go somewhere like almost like a Jordan Addison situation where he's not going to get double team he's going to get some of the weaker corners and see if he's playing up against him so he gets a bit of a chance to shine I think that'd be really nice nice for him do you think that his red zone ability is like his number one trait his ability like in that contest, the catches or do you see something else that his his best skill
0: yeah, he's uh, like, like I say. You mentioned the contested catches; he's, he's very good at that. And um, yeah. in the red zone, what? Just another another thing on him. What we're really good about him is when that's. Like I say, it was not a knock on Marvin Harrison. I just thought that when, when Washington needed big games, there were lots of games last year where they needed big plays. And um, like, were when they played up at Oregon State, and it was like absolutely horrendous, like thirty mile an hour winds and stuff, like you know, yeah. over there and stuff. They just that's where Michael Penix went. He went to Roma Dunes constantly. To, you know, when Jalen McMillan was injured, they went to Roma Dunes constantly, and um, that's why, that's why he's like a stud because he, he can make contested catches in, in tight windows. So, I'd say yeah, the red zone, but contested catches, you know, just he does, he can separate in the red zone, but in in the open field, he doesn't need much separation. Which I know it's good to have separation, but he, and at the next level, it might be more difficult. But I, I still feel he, he'll be okay.
1: And yeah, I'm touching this earlier. I graded out my college sort of tape based on just the 2023 film alone and nothing else, and based on only that film, Romo Dunze was the best wide receiver in college. So I have it that way too. I think he should have won the Billie Award. I don't, um I think Marvin Harrison being nominated up for the uh, the Heisman Trophy. I didn't quite agree with that, to be honest. I think that was didn't didn't quite agree. So I thought Roma Dzidzir deserved the League Cup award too, George. So you're not just a massive homer. You got some good points too. So we we've got Roma Dzidzir locked in. You sort of teased and mentioned the other guy coming up, there, the people that most people take at this kind of pick. I'm guessing you go on Malik Neighbors here.
0: Yeah, he's, he's another guy that, um, like I say, it's not I me mean, having Roma both above him. I love both these two guys. You know, yeah, we yeah. mentioned at the. Top of the show I mentioned the wide receivers in 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 this um draft class and Malik Neighbours is another one up there in Marvin Harrison and um Roma say He's just he's just so fun to so fun to watch. Yeah. You know, he can he's another guy that's like it's just a ball of energy. You know, he's he's he can he's so fast, you know, he can off the line of scrimmage and stuff, he's just just little slight movements can have the cornerbacks filled in it and like a lot stop, boom, gone, you know, like, and it's just like opens up a gap and stuff. Yeah, he's just, you know, cutting across in, you know, like slants and stuff and everything. He's just, he's just got it all and he's, it's so fun to watch and he's just gonna, he's just gonna have so many yards, <laughs> the next level wherever he lands this guy, you know, he's just, he's, it's, I, obviously I love Marvin Harrison and the moment we're doing so much, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if like, obviously it depends where he lands, but if they all, say they all landed in in favourable positions uh, next year, you know, with with good quarterbacks, I feel like Malik Neighbors probably got higher chance of finishing higher as, as the yeah. rookie wide receiver, you know, it, you know, in my opinion, he's, he's that good with yards after catching, things like that, yeah, he's, he's so, <laughs> that's what I mean, I've, if it, if I wasn't a Washington fan, I'd have Malik Neighbors, <laughs> Malik Neighbors, I maybe above able for what we're doing but they're both very good players. <laughs>
1: I just Yeah, yards after the catch, that is like the highlight thing for me. He's almost like, this is, it, not a comp for him, but in the same way that when Debo Samuel catches the ball, he looks like a running back at times when he's got yards after the catch. I almost like Malik Neighbors sometimes looks like he's so natural with that ball in his hand, it looks like he's played running back for, for a couple of years as well, the way he's able to juke people and, and just find creative lanes to to get by people. I think it's is really just impressive, and he's... He's quite creative as well. I haven't heard too many people talk about how how creative he is. I think there's all well and good, like, you're faster than everybody else. But I think he's also sneakily, like, crafty and creative with some of the routes that he's running, some of the twists and turns that he put in. I don't know, is that something that you see with Neighbours as well?
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. He's, um, he's a very intelligent wide receiver, you know, like and we've seen a lot of um, them guys at the next level, the chief. So much, and like, and even like after a few years, they're still doing things that like amaze you. And I think that's going to be Malik Neighbors. You know, he's just—I won't be surprised if he's, he's a guy that's like when when he's with with the coaches, he's, he's telling them like, "I think we should, I think we should, could yeah. do this. We are, I could do we could do this. We could do that." And because he's just—he is a, a a do it all guy. And, and um yeah, he's just—I can't—I can't say <laughs> enough good things about how how good he is. And um I can't wait to see him at the next level. He's and, he, and he, he did so well last year alongside another guy, which which we might mention later. <laughs> you know, like and he still um, still put up really good, really good um, figures.
1: And then, last thing on him one one word answer: dream landing spot from a league neighbors
0: is. Can I say it anywhere? Because that's how good he is. Yeah, <laughs> that's have to say it, team. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: It doesn't matter. It Doesn't matter I mean, where he goes. He is that good.
0: I mean, it's anywhere it would be it would be fine, but um, depending on what happens with with the guys, there obviously, I don't I don't know if they'll go back to wide receiver. But um, saying that, actually, I'm going to say charges, But Jim 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 Albo's there, they probably run the ball more often <laughs> <you> now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, with with someone like Justin Herbert, that would that would be pretty good. <laughs> yeah,
1: agreed. I think that would be an absolutely brilliant brilliant match up there with those two. Right, so. You got neighbors locked in. This is kind of the seventh pick. This is usually everyone goes the same player here as well. Are you going to go down the same line? Is this where Brock Bowers comes off the board for you, or are you going somewhere else?
0: Yeah, I, w- I wish I could be different because I do like being different, but unfortunately, yeah. it is Brock Bowers because they are the, in, in my opinion, the, yeah. these are the top seven. Obviously, you can have different tier picks, but this is like the top seven, and then after that, it's yeah. like, yeah, you might, you, it's not, there's no. I know there's never any guarantees in fantasy football, but you'd like your chances with these top seven here. And then yeah. after that, you know, who knows and stuff. But yeah, Brock Bowers, um, fantastic player. You know, if, you, if you've if watched um, him play for Georgia, he's, yeah. it's, weird. it's it's so strange to see the tight end of what he can do. You know, he, he's um, obviously a, going forward, just normal making space, you know, catching, you know, running them, a good route runner, you know, and... Um, yeah just finding there was um you know then those gaps he's just so good at you know like you know in in zone coverage just he, he, everyone knows how dangerous Brock Bowers is but in in zone coverage he's in he still just finds the gaps to make plays and you'd think that like he'd attract you know defenders like defensive backs or like linebackers to attract and move towards where he's going to be because you know he's the danger guy and he just manages to find and get himself open all the time and if <laughs> think that's like hard enough to defend against stuff like that then he's, he's coming out the backfield, you know like on, on handoffs and gypsies, yeah. stuff like that which is crazy the, the way he moves and is unbelievable obviously he's um his size is going to be and if you obviously will see what he, he comes in at and stuff but even even if it does come in a bit lower than maybe a lot of people like in a tight end I still think that he's one of them players that they'll just he's that good they'll just find a role for him wherever he goes you know I think I'm not that massively concerned if he comes under with his size It's not, i think i can't remember the exact size but i think evan engram was similar yeah. obviously he came in quite low and he's apart from a few drops here and there he's, he's done pretty well for himself so yeah, yeah i'm not too concerned if he does come a bit lower than we when people want him to be as, as a tight end
1: yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm not really concerned about, about what's happening with Brock Bowers. Like he's going to come in, he's going to be a real good prospect. A question I've been asking every every guest the last couple of weeks, George, is is an interesting one. This is obviously non-tight end premium. Let's say we put on a 0, z- let's say 0.5 tight end premium. 0.5 PPR. Does Brock Bowers move up from seven, or is that not quite enough to move him up? Uh, It's
0: Probably not. I think I think I'm happy with him here. it's, it's I think I, I think it was um, when Rich was on one year end to be mentioning Sam Laporte. I just feel that because people have seen what Sam Laporte can do, it's like, well, maybe Brock Bowers is that good. Maybe he can do it and stuff. And I just it's it's not like as in a. I think fluke's the wrong word, but it's just uh, very rare what Sam Laporte did in his, in his rookie year as a tight end and stuff. But so yeah, I don't think I'd be very surprised if we see that from Brock Bowers, but. I think he fired back at Rich, saying that like in a couple of years, he he could be, um it should be like a potentially a top top five tight end, which is what you're looking for in a tight end. But I think the good for why Brock Howard is going so high as a tight end is because I think the production will be there early on, which some maybe don't see the production early on. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely agreed. So Brock Howard's in, and this is yeah, this is the top seven. This has been for a long time now. This has been locked in. These are not exactly in in this order. Everyone's got a slightly different order. But this is the top seven, so this is sort of a tier break for for me and for for a lot of people, I think. So, who's at the top of this next tier of players for you, George?
0: It's um, a guy that I've been high on for a very long time. I think um, I've, I've got in too many devil leads, which I probably should um, reduce down a little bit because it's always it's always a worry when you've got too much of one player just in, just in case something bad happens. Touch wood, it doesn't. Um, this is um, another wide receiver. He's um, a small wide receiver, but very talented. It's uh, Xavier Worthy from uh, Texas. He's just like he's, he's just so sort good. Of, like say he's going to be knocked straight away from his size. And to be fair, like over the last few years of playing fantasy, I was a guy that probably knocked people on his size and like you know knocked people for the size over the last couple of years. I've probably learned to maybe give the. Just cause I know I'm six foot five, so maybe it's just me being a bit <laughs> of a size. That's what my wife would say, probably me being a sizeist. But um, <laughs> but yeah, um, Xavier Worthy is is small, but, but he is a route a route runner. he? Oh, he's, he's he's up there with the be- with 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 the best, you know, in this class yeah. and stuff. He's so good at like making space for himself, and another guy with yards sh- after catch. You go look at some of um, some of his highlights, you know, from from the the last few years, and. He makes people look silly with his movements, you know, like he, he, he really has them, you know, like on toast, you know, the, the way he moves, you know, like it's, it's so good. He had a couple of cases with his drops a couple of years ago. It looks like he's, he's, he's cleaned that up a bit this last year, which, which is good to see. And um, yeah, d- despite his frame, I just think that if you can get open in the NFL you know you've got a good chance going forward we've seen it over the last few years like I say I've learned from that I used to be a massive guy of like oh go for the big bodied guy it's good and I still am a little bit but yeah these 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 people like Xavier Worthy if you can get open you've, you've got a good step into being a productive guy in the next level.
1: Yeah, I think we've seen enough of these smaller receivers doing well and succeeding now. To think, actually, you know, these these guys like where they can come in and and can make make a difference. And I just I just wish that Quinn Ewers didn't go down for Texas last year. We got to see a bit more out of him. Like in his, I feel like he his rookie year he came in, and he absolutely blew everybody away. I, he never quite got back to that level though do you do you think you know why he never quite you know got back to that level is it to do with the organization more than the player
0: i feel like obviously um the year before obviously they handed the ball off to Bijan Robinson, but he was the, yeah. the main wide wide receiver then, they were, and then obviously last year they had um well yeah, had um sanders as well the, the tight end but obviously he, he's he had like limited compared to this year but obviously um A.D. Mitchell came over, so yeah. shared out like a role there. And I think they just like because because um went to the NFL, obviously they lent on another guy that we might talk about later. <laughs> lent on him yeah. like a bit more. And obviously, he, sorry, lent on him maybe not as much as uh, what they do with Bijon. They probably threw the round threw the ball around and spread it, spread the ball out a bit more, which they haven't done, you know, in previous years. So, yeah, I think even with that, he still put up decent numbers, you know, and that's something like at the next level and stuff that he might have to deal with. But like I say, with with the tier break of like the seven that we mentioned, I just think that maybe this guy's got a potential, more potential, sorry, than the other wide receivers, you know, that are in this class, you know, that of like putting up uh, better numbers, you know, I, I, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he's, he's going to come in. I can't wait to see what he does. I think after... After the combine, I think that'll probably shoot him up some people's boards. Like he'll he'll run quite a fast forty, and that usually, for whatever reason, even though it has literally, literally no correlation between success and and running a forty, I think he he'll probably end up shooting up people's boards. So one eight here, I think, is a good good place to have Xavier Worthy at the start of this new tier. And is he in sort of a larger tier for you with a couple of other guys, or is he sort of out on his own?
0: It's just. Yeah, I probably put the next guy that I'm going to choose in in this tier as well. It's, and again, it's someone that's I wouldn't. I'm, I don't even. I'm to be honest with you, Max. I'm not even like a massive fan of the pick, voice. It's, <laughs> it's just the just just the um, the ceiling, you know. And um, even though we even though a lot of us don't really know. It's, it's weird. It's, it, we don't really know a lot about him. It's it's JJ McCaffrey, the quarterback from, from Michigan. We actually yeah. don't know a lot about him, but what we have Not. seen in that small sample size, especially as a passer, the the um, the upside the upside is um, incredible. And you just got to hope that he he can actually throw a ball more than ten times a game and <laughs> be successful at the next level. Because as a rusher, he, he's great. You know, he wasn't asked to to do much. We all know what the Michigan. Uh, run game and o-line was like and it was just easy just to, to, to lean on that and when he did throw the ball he, he, he was good you know he just and it was a few maybe a few question marks there but mechanics wise and stuff he's got he's, he's really good you know He's, he's he, he doesn't use he gets his feet set quite well and he doesn't use that much like you know when, when he's throwing backwards and stuff you know his shoulder is very in lines and stuff and he's like uses minimum movement he's, he's got everything like that he just needs to put it all together and that bit and maybe we need to see it more as like being asked to throw throw the ball more and you know and i think his accuracy i suppose is there and maybe a question mark but it's not the worst thing in the world we just just want to see more of it and hopefully that like and if it does come together along with his rushing upside he's, he could if 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 he threw the ball as much as um The other quarterbacks mentioned, and he had a a decent success rate, even maybe a little bit lower success rate than the other guys. Obviously, J. A. McCarthy would be right up there in the top in the top four. We just haven't seen what we want to see from it as as fantasy guys, have we?
1: Yeah, he's he's one that a few a few months ago I sort of thought someone's some NFL team is going to take him maybe too early, and I think now. People are sort of catching up now with with what's happening. And he's probably going to go, it looks like he's going to go in the first round of the NFL draft. But this, as we're speaking right now, he's sort of odds on to go in in that first round, which you know will do mass amounts of good for his his draft capital in in Dynasty League. So I think, yeah, as you're towards the back end of this draft, in a super flex league, I love it whenever there's quarterbacks still here because they just make such a huge difference to your team. And you know, this time next year, JJ McCarthy, if he hits, you can get Xavier Worthy plus Brock Bowers plus these guys going ahead of him. You can get them plus extra going on top for a player that you took just a couple of picks right after them. So I'm a big fan of of doing this and taking taking swings on quarterbacks, especially towards the back end of the drafts. So and I think JJ McCarthy is a really good example of someone who's like, Yeah, why not swing for the fences with him? So I love the pick a 1-9. I think that's really good value. A 110 there are plenty of quarterbacks left. Are you keeping that role <laughs> rolling or there's also plenty of wide receivers left too. Are you going back to the right wide receiver well?
0: You're, you're actually, I'm actually going to the running back position. Um, but it's, I put him in here because I, I, I wanted to talk about him because I feel like because of what happened, he's, um, he's dropped down. So we don't get to talk about him yeah. much. It's Jonathan Brooks. Yeah. And yeah. I will say before I think I, I would I wouldn't take him here and stuff and everything because obviously I okay. wouldn't have I wouldn't have to take him here and stuff. But he I think this is the position he would be at if he didn't t- tear his ACL in November. I think he was yeah. he was he had a fantastic season up until then, you know. Obviously with uh Bijan Robinson going, they were like what's the Texas battlefield gonna be like? It was like <laughs> guys there who was like a, a few sophomores and stuff, you know, and and things like that, people who have not seen as much. Much time on the ball because they just give it to Bijan most of the time. <laughs> why, yeah. why would why would you not? Um, but yeah, he 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 was unbelievable. You know, he just he, he's a strong runner, you know, really powerful runner. But he 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 can make people miss as well. At the same time, you know, like you know, it just like gets the ball in his hand, makes a cut, and and he, and he can be away. And obviously, he can also work as a free down back as well. You know, we've seen that, and also good at. As a, as a pass blocker uh, as well you know in in pass pro so that's all the ticks for as, as a running back that you want but unfortunately he went down in november basically yeah. So he's not i'm not a doctor but i feel like he if he doesn't miss all of it is going to miss a high percentage of, of the season. You know, obviously being a, being a rookie, but I feel like if that didn't happen, this is this is where he would be, and a lot of people, a lot more people talking about. It. There's still a lot of people talking about him, to be fair. But I just think that obviously he could he's going to slip down into the second round, maybe mid second round, maybe later. It depends um depends what draft you in, but yeah. So I'd hold on and and wait. But I still think he, he's a good pickup, you know, and hopefully in uh, 2025 we'll. we'll he can come back from that ACL and, and show that he is, he, he can be a good running back at the next level.
1: I think the more I think about Jonathan, the more I'm like he is like, it's usually never a good idea if you're a rebuilding team to take a running back. But Jonathan Brooks might be the exception here because he's not probably not going to play a lot of football next year. So it's good to get him on your roster. Hopefully then you'll have loaded up on, on 2025 picks because George, you'll know more than me, Jord, but from what I can see, it's a completely different story in 2025 in terms of running backs. you got all all things it. You'll have Henderson coming out. You'll have Ollie Gordon coming out. You'll have Marion Hampton coming out. You have a lot of these running backs that are going to appear. Then you can plug in Jonathan Brooks, who's going to start playing. That's really, really nice for your teams, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I can say that you obviously you can take some swings on running backs in this class, but there's no, like, if if you if had a all healthy, Running backs from this class, obviously, John and Brooks, in my opinion, is like way ahead of them. And like you say, it's perfect. You know, like if you are a rebuilding team, you know, you could pick him up in, like I say, I'm pretty sure he's going mid second, like late second at the moment. Maybe, maybe yeah. it you know, might be early second in a few drafts if people are a bit crazy. But yeah, you can pick him up there. And like you even like if you make a trade back into the second and pick up some other picks and still pick him up and, uh, and like keep him there and just hope that it comes off. Like I say, obviously we've seen players come back from the ACL. It's not like it used to be years yeah. ago where it was like, no. you know, it's this different, different science and stuff that can help you <laughs> come back from these now. And um, so hopefully he doesn't like lose too much, you know, from it. But like I said, we've seen people like still perform at the same level, you know, despite having ACLs, MCLs and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, you
1: don't even you don't even need them. Taji Spears doesn't <laughs> yeah. have one. Like it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think he'll be. Just, he, I actually think he's going to continue after the draft. I just can't wait to see how low he falls. I hope he keeps falling. I'm going to keep my shot about him. I'm not going to spend anything because I think he's going to keep falling because <laughs> these running backs are going to go to teams and people are going to get excited because one of them's going to end up in, in a good spot and Jonathan Brooks isn't playing football, so he's going to continue to slide down, which makes me happy, because I'm going to pick up some more some more Jonathan Brooks. So I, I love that pick there. I think you're right. If he was fully healthy, that is exactly where he would be going, George. I think you're spot on. So you got two picks after the first round, and then I think we might be good for time to quickly speed through a second round as well, George. So who are you going with the penultimate pick of the first round?
0: It's the other LSU I was It's uh, Brian Thomas. Um, yeah, he's a guy that, like, I wasn't obviously he didn't, he did okay in his first season, but he really yeah. came came alive in, in the first season. And, and another big guy, you know, like, a contested catch guy, you know, he, he can, um, the amount of times that, like, he, he, he drove past people and didn't have much space but made a catch in the red zone, you know, he's, uh, he's another guy where it's like the the upside is, like, obviously not as high as it was, but it's, there's a potential there for him to be, um, a wide receiver two uh, at the next level, yeah. which which is <laughs> what you're looking for. Like, obviously, in this type of draft, obviously, it's not as... as it's some good wide receivers, but it's like you're not going to look for potential wide receiver ones at this level, you yeah. know, at this yeah. stage of the draft, should I say. So a high chance of a wide receiver two is... He, 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 he did well, like I say, last year, alongside Neighbors, still managed to put up over 1,000 yards. And, yeah, just... I, I mentioned earlier, I've, I've got a thing for... for big bodied guys and I just I just can't help it man because you know I, I was massive on <laughs> I would massive on Nico Collins and it finally came off after three years yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah I'm hoping I'm hoping like um Brian Thomas can be the next guy that's um gives, gives me somewhat even I'll wait, I mean I'll wait three years it's fine as long as I get some <laughs> numbers later on it's, it's fine
1: <laughs> that used to be a thing it used to be you had to wait three years for the wide receivers to break out and like then you know Chase and Jefferson came along and ruined that for everybody, right? Like just blew everything up immediately. And these guys are just producing earlier and earlier. So I think it's fine to hold on to people for a while. What's nice about Thomas, as you mentioned it, he's already he's I mean kind of used to playing second fiddle. He he knows how to how to work these things behind that number one star receiver already. So yeah, it would be good for him to end up going somewhere where he is, maybe playing second fiddle to somebody, and yeah, he's still able to get over a thousand yards and. And we've seen it enough times now in the NFL that a good team's number two receiver is still a really, really good option for your fantasy team. So I think that's what Brian Thomas can be for you. And I got to ask: Are you not picking Troy Franklin because you just don't like Oregon? Is that the thing as a Washington fan? Like, what's going on here?
0: As soon as we doing a second, second uh, round <laughs> and stuff, he might make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's not he's not coming in at one twelve.
1: Who's who's your final pick of the first round if you're? if you're being a massive homer and not
0: picking the organ <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, you say that. I am being a, I'm even being a bigger homer than you actually thought by not <laughs> picking George Bradley. But I will, again, I will say I would not pick this guy here, but I just thought that if we yeah. only had time for first round, I wanted to get this guy in because yeah. I feel like this guy's being very underappreciated and stuff. It's um, Jalen McMillan. People are just going to be laughing at him. He's just picking all at Washington play. He just wants to talk about Washington. But honestly, Jalen McMillan is, again, he, he, I think he's going like, the third round at the moment which is yeah it's, it's criminal in my opinion and obviously we've still got a lot of time before like i know people do rookie drafts a bit early but the more likely they're going to be after the draft so there's a lot of time still for him to, to move up and I, f- I think he will i think just because he was so good over the years he's been there he was more productive than roma dunze in, in, in the covid year and the um yeah. in the 2021 year and stuff so he's um he's obviously injury last year as, has taken a knock on his um on his, on his stock, you know, in fantasy, and um, I think he tried to come back a bit too fast. He got in, he got injured again. But when he's when he was in that Washington team, he was um, he was so good. He has good speed, good length. He, 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 a lot of the time, he's played out the slot, but he can play out, out wide as well yeah. and stuff. He's got really good hands. He just he just separates so well. He just he just gives himself so much space to make plays. And just like I say, I think. Um, people have like um, dropped him so down bad because of the injuries but I think if, if he stays at the third round I feel he'll be like the steal of the draft he's just yeah. so talented you know all three of these um, the Washington wide receivers are like are talented which most people say you are you going to say that but they, they are they're, they're so yeah. good and what's good about these three guys which is might not be fantasy relevant but what what um nfl teams will love which could see him go up higher in the drafts is they block so well on the outside for, for the teammates as well you know we know how much cal shanahan loves a blocking wide receiver you yeah. know, over there and so so yeah and i feel that people's uh, coaches see that and they like the enthusiasm and they like wide receivers that get their hands dirty so that could be a a, a reason why they get drafted higher but just pass catching alone Jalen you know, mcmillan yeah six foot one £195. Pounds. He doesn't look it when you're looking at him on, yeah. on the screen, but yeah, he's he's he is that size, and, he's, and like I say, he's, he, he's a really good wide receiver. And that's why, like I say, I'm not going to pick him up the 112. I just wanted to make sure I got a chance to talk about him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that. This got, I'm actually really glad you brought him up, because I can't remember who exactly, well, I've had a few people on who've taken Jalen Polk ahead of Macmillan, and I've sort of mentioned, like, to me, watching the Washington games, Polk was very much the third option in that team behind, you know, obviously it doesn't And for me, it was McMillan was was the second option, the second read that, that Michael panic Jr. was looking for, not Polk. Is that is that something that you've seen? Obviously, you'll see a lot more as a Washington fan, but that's what I've seen.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, like I say, Polk's a really good wide receiver as well, but he was the he was the third wide receiver, just a very yeah. good... <laughs> receiver yeah, on the Washington but easy. obviously he managed to pick up a lot more players last year. But just obviously, McMillan McMillan was down, and um, which obviously helped him going forward for, for his draft stock. But yeah, he's McMillan was definitely the one or two, and even in 2022, you could argue that Adunze and McMillan were both quite close together. You know. Is like yeah. talent-wise and stuff, you know. doing not probably edged it, but they were a lot closer than they are now. Obviously, because of the injury, he didn't get to show as much this year. They, I did, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure if he would stay back in in school and stuff. But obviously, he just thought he's done enough before that, just to yeah. to to, to turn himself in the draft. And I still think he'll he'll go a decent decent um, round. You know, I, I would I won't I would be surprised if he falls out into day three. I feel like he's a day two guy, definitely. Yeah.
1: Is your is your pass ca- is the, is Washington's pass catching tight end? He sort of came on towards the end of the year. Is he coming out in this year's draft, or is he still a young guy?
0: Um, no, the both the both guys coming out. There's Jack Jack Westover and um yes. and uh, I'd, say it. I'd probably say Devin Cook's probably a li- little bit more, a little bit better. Probably got more athleticism. It's just weird mm-hmm. because like it's, I'm going to be interested to see where they go because like in fantasy circles, no one's talking about these guys, but they yeah. are both really good pass yeah. catchers but when you've got three wide receivers that, that motion have had, it's like hard to get them in the game. But if you go back and just watch the little bit of tape that they have, you know, like I say, they haven't made loads of plays, but still you can see the athleticism from both of them and obviously the pass box. So I am going to be intrigued to see where they go. Like I say, I'm not, I don't know. With tight ends, you never know fantasy-wise. You it, it might be ones that you pick up the wave a while later on. But I think as, a, as NFL tight ends, just in general for your teams, I think they're both potentially good pickups.
1: Yeah, I remember doing a write-up about Westover when I was watching like weekly the weekly games and he was one of my star players. It was like, It's like this is the last thing that Washington did. It's another great pass catcher. It's like, how many of these guys have you got here? Like it's unbelievable. So yeah, he's he's someone I'll be keeping my eye on, and I know he's definitely coming on So Jordan, we're gonna we're gonna speed run through this second round, right? What we're gonna do, you're gonna pick your next three guys in a row, and then we'll pick one of those guys just to chat about it a bit, and then we'll we'll speed through the next three. So we're gonna go rapid fire. Who's
0: Pick two one, two two and two three for me. So um I'd probably say I'm not doing it on purpose, I promise you. So I'll go but <laughs> to be fair, they're both they're both together and stuff yeah. and everything. Like uh, so I'd, I'd probably go I'd probably put Keon Coleman ahead of yeah. then Troy Franklin and then um Blake, um, Blake. You'd, you'd love it to be Blake Coron this early, but Bucky I would, Bucky, I would. <laughs> Bucky Irvine um Irving yeah. as well at, at the um two oh three. So I have put two Oregon players in
1: there. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, that, that's quite nice. I I did decide to become an Oregon fan as well, Jordan. I don't know if you oh, know. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, I did um Didn't just, just watch him on. Yeah, no, just, just watching them. I just it's the uniform. It's actually mainly to do with I love the Mighty Ducks and it's the the ducks in the whole but it just it just lined up. So yeah I've decided to become an Oregon fan and that doesn't mean I'll I'll put I'll put allegiance to the side although I do like and, <laughs> and and Bucky Irving. So let's Let's talk about let's talk about Troy Franklin, right? Most people have him up in the first round, albeit the back end. So, like, it's not too egregious to have him have him here at the top of the second. What about Troy Franklin for you? Doesn't push him into that that upper upper tier?
0: Yeah, like I say, I do I do, I do like him. Um, yeah. he's, he's a good round um but just. If you go look at like um his is like his highlights or like it, the games from last year, like he does he does get open quite well, but I just don't think he's he's strange because like I remember a lot of people talking about how good of a route runner he is, and I, I think he's he's an okay route runner but I think he, he's not one of the he's not better than the guys that. I've mentioned above like obviously brian thomas like maybe but brian thomas f- yeah. physically you know like um you know win- winning at the, at the top of the catch and contest that's why i've had him above that's probably my preference of like having a pink potted guy but yeah i just think that like he's just he's route right running just he's not as polished as the others and <sighs> that's that's why i've obviously got keon coleman ahead as well it's, like i say it's probably my preference and stuff and everything unless you can really separate yeah. people like, like um xavier worthy yeah but um which is probably uh, you probably might think i'm going to contribute myself for the next three players but yeah i just i just um, <laughs> i just think that like yeah he's in obviously we know that he can probably maybe polish and become a better route runner at the next yeah. level but yeah it's yeah, just it's just um just needs to be a little bit smoother i'd say but it's still Still, like as a as a pass catcher, getting up and down the seams and stuff. Definitely, he, he's he's got talent.
1: Yeah, and it shows you how good this wide receiver class is when you get someone like I. It's rare you get a player like a Troy Franklin at this rec- receiver position available in the second round. So that is that is was really cool for this this year's class for sure. So let's let's lock in the next three picks then, 2 two, four, two, five, and two, six.
0: So here I've got um I've got Braylon Allen, then I've got. um Another Washington, watched Michael Pen- Michael Penix. <laughs> and I've got uh Jatavian Sanders. love
1: that. Uh okay, let's go. We've not we've not spoken about Jatavian Sanders at length yet on the show. So he's a real interesting prospect. I think he's someone that is just one of these athletic freaks, right? And just a tight end that maybe might take a bit longer to break out, but he certainly has all the all the tools athletically to do so, right?
0: Yeah, he's um <sighs> it's probably like, like, like when you, when I think about it, like more, I probably maybe shove him a bit higher when I look at things like that, but I just think as, as, as a pass catcher and everything like that, he, he's fantastic. And like yeah. I say, with, um, with Brock Bowers, he, he's, he's similar, he, he, but like with, with Sanders, I just, I don't know what the NFL are going to think of him as like, to, are they just going to, cause they'll just have to use him as a pass catcher. He's not very good. He's not a great blocker mm. and stuff. So obviously again, he could it can work on that in the next level, and they might yeah make make him into one. You know, like and and work on him with that. But, but with Brock Bowers, just because what he can do from behind the line and things like that, is he's, he's going to be used, you know, in in different ways. With Sanders, are they just going to use him as 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 a, as a, a pass catching guy? Like I think um, Rich mentioned it, which was a great point with with the with the yeah. Bills, you know, but with Kincaid. Um, with Kincaid yeah, it's it's, it's it's that's the only thing that the knock that brings him down the board. But like as a pass catcher, he's really talented and stuff. You know, he's a, uh, he, he moves really, really. like you, you look at him when he gets the ball in his hand and he doesn't look like he's moving that fast, but he, he's going past people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's got strange.
1: Yeah, he's an absolute unit as well. Like just one of those guys, almost like, David joke. is maybe not the perfect like example, but it's somebody just like, oh my good, like this guy is that big and can run that fast. It's sort of like, it. it it doesn't quite add up a lot of the time. Yeah. So I think he's he's gonna be someone that's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. But yeah, it might take him a little while to to become fully fantasy rather than as he like learns the nuances of of tight end, which again used to be the way it was. It used to take three years for tight ends to come along anyway. So no harm in that happening for Sanders as well. So we got another round of three picks to lock in, then Jordan, two seven, two eight, and two nine. Who are you going with?
0: So we've got Lab McConkey first, which is probably the contribution you know, I was saying what people might think we've um, but well we might get on to it. Lad McConkey and then I've got Bonix and then AD Mitchell.
1: Let's 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 roll with Lad McConkey then. So <laughs> I've seen him taken as high as the first round on this show. No, so right?
0: high so, so high. Yeah.
1: So what, tell me tell me about Lad McConkey, one of the best right runners in in the class, another smaller guy, had had trouble with injury at the start of the year. What what's Lad McConkey's like, flaws, what, what's what's he good at? Talk to me about
0: it. It's, it's like, that's why I was saying, like, contradicts people. Like, when well, you've got Xavier Worthy so high, but, like, McConkie so low down. But, yeah, he's um, – obviously, like, with, with people are just flashing up, putting clip after clip of him, like, making guys look silly and stuff and everything. But, yeah. like you say, he's um, – obviously, he's a short guy. And it's just – when you see him, when you see him play, like, obviously, he, he – people put the highlights off him just oh he gets open every time but he doesn't always get open every time he can get like against a uh, press man and stuff he gets like really like pushed back yeah. and stuff like that you know like if um in zone coverage he's um he's brilliant and like if if you if you obviously if cornerbacks give him like a, a bit of a space you know like they're not straight on him and stuff he's he's brilliant but as soon as you are pushed on top of him he's he struggles and stuff and i feel like that xavier worth is like a little bit better at like breaking free off the line yeah. so that's why i've got him a little a bit higher than him and stuff but yeah he's still one of them guys that do excite me like if he gets in the right scheme and stuff in the right he was in right he can he can probably put up quite a lot some some good numbers but yeah he's like i say he's really he, he does make people look stupid <laughs> and you think when you see a few clips like you think he's going to be unreal but the, the first round's just too too high for me to <laughs> I wouldn't want to be paying that much i think i feel like it could go a little bit high, a little bit higher than this you know but yeah i'm quite happy with where he is to be fair <laughs>
1: He's one that I think is really going to depend on on landing spot as well. Like, if he goes somewhere super exciting, like if he goes to like the Chargers or somewhere that's an opportunity, he will fly upboards. But if he lands like the Titans or like somewhere like somewhere where people aren't excited, like the Patriots, if they don't take like a, a quarterback, then he's the hype's going to like just. Take a bit of a flop, I think. So he's someone who landing spot is really going to depend. As people, if people can paint a picture of Lab McConkey being a fantasy success, he'll he'll fly up the board. But if they don't like the landing spot, I think he might drop down even, even further than this. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Lab McConkey. So you got one more group of three to go 210, 211, and 212. So which three Washington players are you
0: going? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I- I would normally have Jalen Polk in this, but I wanted to throw another yeah. guy in there just to hopefully, you might mention, talk about him. But obviously, yeah. I'd normally look at running backs here, so i go, I've got yeah. um, Trey Benson. I've got your guy, Blake Corum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the 2-11. I've, I've sneaked him in for you. But like, I, I probably would maybe have Jalen Polk around here, well, I definitely would have him. But I just wanted to talk about um, another guy, which I don't know how far you have to sc- Oh, no, you don't have to scroll too far down for him. He's, he's moved up the if he's will um, actually call it. At the, uh, <laughs> the top? Et uh, Malachi Corley. Malachi Corley, sorry, yes. Yeah. He should be. Oh, right his right. ATP's he's moved hurt. quite up, so he's quite high up there now. I didn't know he has, actually. yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's, just uh, well, it's just talking about him, that's why.
1: He does, actually, yeah. I've seen him <laughs> mentioned a few times. I'm trying to see who we talked about at least. In this. Do you know who's not come up a lot? Trey Benson, he's not. Good old Trey, Trey Uno, I think it's his Twitter handle. What's What's good about Trey Benson, then? What, what kind of are some of his skills and, and talents?
0: I thought he was going to be the number one running back when the mm. season started I thought oh he's probably likely if he has the season he had in 2022 he's probably going to be the number one running back off the board you know um in the next draft but yeah he's um another powerful powerful runner and stuff but he's um he has got good um decent breakaway speed as well you know he's um really good shifty guy you know like get getting through it. but just um it, it just didn't work for him as much in 2023 I don't I, I don't actually know why they didn't use him as much as they did in 2022 i'm not yeah. I don't know if he had like was had some nickels and stuff but nothing really came out that i saw but yeah I, but when he when he did play he obviously made he, he looked similar to what he did in 2022 which he had that really good year with the florida state like i say he's um so he's, he's a good he's a good running back he's um obviously probably not um going to be used as much as a free down guy and stuff and everything yeah. which like um Probably the knock on him and stuff, but as, as a runner, he's um, he's got decent talent, and yeah, he's yeah, it's, it's weird because I was really high on him like last year, and I was expecting just to come into twenty twenty three and see a lot more of him. But that's what's pushed him down more. They just whatever reason, obviously, they just didn't use him as much as um, as they did in the in the previous year, which is obviously a question mark, you know, straight away. Yeah,
1: he's. He's someone that every time I watch him, was like, "Oh, like I like I like what I'm seeing here." Like this running back class is getting obviously a bit, bit of a hard time. There's not a lot of like bad. There's a lot of pretty good running backs. There's not a lot of running backs who are like they're absolutely terrible. Like avoid them completely. But there's no superstar, right? There's no Bijan. There's no. There's no Brees Hall. There's no. There's usually that one star, and people were kind of pushing Trevion Henderson into that role before he said he was going back. I don't even think he was that either, to be honest. So it is a bit of a funny one, and I expect once you get to like their late seconds and your third rounds, there's gonna be a lot of green on people's boards. People are just gonna take shots and running back left, right and, and center. So Trey Benson there at the late, late second round, I really like the value on him there. And plus, what will happen is, yeah, I keep predicting after the draft, these, these running backs are going to get pushed up because people are going to get excited about where they're going to go. So I expect we'll see them go higher and higher and higher up. So I'm really interested to see how that goes. And, George, before we close down the draft here, any sleeper players, third round plus, that you're like, I really want to talk about this guy. Let's let's chat about him a little bit, who could be an underlying prospect.
0: Well, if, if, if. Like probably a month ago and stuff, I had I had this guy, but he, he's really crept up on I've seen a few people put him in um first round, which is um I, I always I always butcher his name and stuff, but it's Xavier Leggett, I think he's how he's pronounced. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But he's really moved up recently and stuff. A lot of people are talking about him. I think obviously senior ball like helped stuff. But I'd probably say, like we mentioned running backs, but Estimé is a guy that's been slapped on at the moment yeah. so if he's done really yeah. well for, for Notre Dame and so he might end up like you mentioned getting the hype soon but as of now he's not getting the hype so which is which is great which i'd love to uh, give him the third round he's going to be there and it's going to be a a, a great pickup for me i'll probably have a lot of him if he's there in the third round you know he's um he's uh he's He's a he's a talented guy, and like I say, yeah. he's, absolute
1: he's, tank as well. He, he is, yeah.
0: He just like if you like, so you probably obviously you watched college football quite a bit last yeah. year. And did you did your Freds? The, the way he runs and stuff is like, and it's they just feed him what's what's good, obviously for fantasy wise and stuff. And everything they feed him, and then when they get to the um, if, when he get to the goal line, they just feed him some more until he gets over. <laughs> <laughs> and he he, got, a,
1: he was really good at that as well, like yeah.
0: you know, all, almost as good as Blake Corum, not quite. Yeah, because I'm not saying that, like, obviously it's something you look for, but it's like, oh, you, you, goal line goal, you know, if he's great from the goal line only, like we saw what Gus Edwards did, took points off everyone just for being on the goal line. But obviously it's yeah. it's, it's an added bonus if he can run as well as well as on the goal line.
1: Yeah, he's the perfect complementary back to, like, uh, I can't think of what I told me now, a team who's got, like, a speedier kind of guy, almost like if the Lions didn't have David Montgomery, estimate would be really good to come in to be complement with with Jameer Gibbs. So I think he'll, he'll find himself a nice spot there. And, yeah. Xavier Leggett, a guy that started off super hot, right? I think he was leading college football in receiving yards with Spencer Rattler. And then the whole team kind of fell to pieces a little bit. So it kind of faded down again. But now he's he's coming back with a vent. So he's obviously got a lot of talent to to even be up there in the first place leading college football in in receiving yards. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens with with Xavier Leggett. And, George, that, that brings us to the end of the show. I just want to say thank you again so much for coming on and giving us your insight into these into these rookie players. Do you just want to remind everyone, where can they find your work online?
0: No, I appreciate having me on, Max. It's, um It's been really interesting. Enjoy place flown by. I got to speak all about my washing players as well, which was good. But, yeah, um, obviously part of the... Uh, the wildcard team now you know with with the Devi boys you know jack and uh phil which is um a third episode is going to drop on on friday um about the uh the freshman quarterbacks that are coming in this week and yes. yes so you obviously follow follow me on twitter at not x should i say at john m87 you can see like um my work i obviously do a bit quite a bit of writing for All miss as well you know the fan side and things so yeah I can catch all my work there so yeah thank you for the let me have the shout out
1: yeah, absolutely no problem at all, mate. And and thank you everyone for watching. I'm sure everyone who's got to this point has already hit like and hit that hit that subscribe. So hey, if you're listening, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast. Why not leave a rate and review on whatever the hell you listen to on Spotify or on or Apple Music? I don't think I've ever asked people to do that before. So that would be very kind of you if you could, if you're enjoying the show. If you don't enjoy the show, hey, don't don't leave any review at all. Just 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 keep that to yourself. That'll be great. So one more time. Thank you so much for everyone. Jordan, thank you once again. Thank you everybody for listening as well. And remember, for anything dynasty, you need to know. Keep it locked right here on the Certified Inferno. I will see you next time.